Hello, and welcome to another mini-episode of Coaster Kings Radio. I'm Ian O'Donnell. This is part 10 of my 10-part series, Lost Coasters of California. Last week, I discussed stealth at Paramount's Great America, but I also briefly mentioned Six Flags' ambitious expansion throughout the 90s and early 2000s, during the period known as the Coaster Wars. A growing economy made the expansion of the theme park market seem like a no-brainer. A series of park acquisitions and the acquisition of Six Flags by Premier Parks that was finalized in 1998 expanded the company's portfolio to include multiple parks in the States, European parks, movie-themed parks, and animal parks. At the park individual park level, Six Flags unveiled park expansions and additions at a dizzying rate. From the years of 1997 to 2003, Six Flags Magic Mountain received a brand new coaster every year. It's worth noting that with the exception of 1999, each one of these additions was a major, and in many cases record-breaking roller coaster. 97 saw the addition of the record-breaking 400-foot-tall and 100-mile-per-hour Superman The Escape. 1998's Riddler's Revenge remains the largest stand-up coaster in the world. 2000's Goliath opened, well, sort of, as the world's tallest coaster. And 2002's X introduced the world to the Fourth Dimension coaster. X, of course, was riddled with problems in its construction and was set to open 2001. And it's well known that 2003's addition to Magic Mountain, which was, of course, the famous parking lot coaster BNM um, floorless looper called Scream, was built because of X's problems. But originally set to open in 2001, Magic Mountain had to figure out what to open instead. So for 2001, Six Flags chose to open another major thrill machine, but they chose Arrow's collaborator-turned-competitor, Vacoma. In August of 2001, Six Flags and Vacoma unveiled the world's first giant inverter boomerang, Deja Vu. After the sort of mixed reception of the Invertigo model, Vacoma decided that the next step for this product line was to make it even larger. And just a shameless plug, Part 8, if you don't know what the Invertigo model is, Part 8 is all about America's first um, Vacoma Invertigo, which opened at Paramount's Great America. So go to that episode if you don't know. The boomerang design really had worked well, as we've discussed previously. Vacoma was still selling the original boomerang, and the continued sales of the model showed that it had legs. The giant inverted boomerang promised to push the envelope of this design even further. Vacoma made the two spikes of the boomerang vertical, and made, so basically you get two vertical drops, and increased the spike's height to 194 feet, or 59 meters. This made Deja Vu the world's tallest inverted coaster at its opening. To accommodate this increased height, a cable cash car system, similar to that used on the original Boomerang, was used. But with the catch car on both spikes, so there's two separate catch cars and no chain lifts on either spike as well. The Boomerang layout was also slightly modified with the vertical loop crossing over the station forming an X shape. Like the Invertigo, Vacoma also debuted a totally new train design with the giant inverted boomerang. These trains featured four cross seating, but arranged in a V formation to help with rider visibility. The two center seats are next to each other, while the outside seats are arranged slightly behind the center. The center. This allows for four riders per car, 
with the trains of eight, um, and with trains of eight cars, there's a theoretical capacity of 32 riders per train versus the boomerang and the inverted goes 28 riders per train. If you haven't had a chance to ride a giant inverted um, boomerang, the seating formation, imagine an inverted version of the stadium seating on some of the BM hypers like Diamondback or um, like Intimidator at Carowinds. The giant inverted boomerang sought to fix the Invertigo's market problem. While still expensive, it was of a scale that kind of justified its cost, and it made it distinct enough for parks with an existing BNM or Racoma inverted coaster to see its value, while also distinguishing itself enough from the other Vacoma boomerang models. Deja Vu debuted at Magic Mountain, not only as the tallest, but the fastest at 65.6 miles per hour or 105.6 kilometers per hour inverted coaster in the world, adding another jewel to Magic Mountain's coaster crown. It's worth noting that this is how hot this time period was for coasters. These records would go to Cedar Point less than a year in 2002 when they opened Wicked Twister that was both taller and faster, and remains the tallest and fastest inverted coaster. It proved popular, um, deja vu, but some issues quickly manifested. During the testing, the coaster was prone to valley between the loop and the cobra roll, resulting in the need for an evacu evacuation structure being built there. There was also issues with the restraint locking system. Six Flags had ordered four giant inverted boomerangs for the 2001 season, and other issues began to man manifest at the other installations. Six Flags over George's deja vu had one of the two catch cars derail. Six Flags Great America's Deja Vu experienced valleying, and during testing, they noticed that tall riders could theoretically raise their hands up and touch the ride's track while the train was in motion. That resulted in them modifying the over-the-shoulder harnesses, which kind of explains, if you've seen them, why they're kind of awkward looking. These problems led to significant modifications to all three attractions and a delay to the fourth giant inverted boomerang, Stuntfall, which would open at Warner Brothers Park Madrid in 2002. The modifications made to Magic Mountain's installation seems to have, seemed to have worked, and it ran significantly more reliably than its siblings. Magic Mountain's Deja Vu um, also lasted longer. Six Flags Over Georgia's Deja Vu was closed in 2007 and sold to Brazil's Mirabilandia Park. It has been in storage at the park since 2009 with plans to open at an expanded um, and relocated version of the park. Unfortunately, the expansion and relocation plans have faced numerous hurdles and the coaster's future does remain uncertain, though on Roller Coaster Database it is set to open in 2021, so we might finally get that um, relocation from Six Flags Over Georgia. Six Flags Great America also chose to retire Deja Vu after the 2007 season. It was brought and relocated to Idaho's Silverwood theme park, where it has operated successfully as Aftershock since 2008. After a little over 10 years at the park, Magic Mountain's Deja Vu was closed and relocated to Six Flags New England. Sporting the same color scheme, the renamed Goliath opened in 2012 with new four cross trains by Premier Rides. These trains have become notorious in the enthusiast community for being uncomfortable and ruining much of the ride's experience. With the Six Flags order of four giant inverted boomerangs, it initially seemed about as successful as the Invertigo model that had preceded it. But in a move that surprised enthusiasts, China's Jingjiang Action Park debuted the giant inverted boomerang in 2011, 10 years after Deja Vu's debut. 
Another installation followed in 2014 with Quantum Leap at Russia's Sochi Park. So while not the runaway success of the Boomerang or the SLC, it seems that the giant inverted Boomerang model might have some life left in it. In 2001, when Six Flags Magic Mountain removed, the mo- removed Deja Vu, they briefly passed the number of coasters crown back to Cedar Point. A set of steady additions has resulted in Magic Mountain retaking that crown, but I think it's safe to say we will never again see additions at the pace or the scale of the late 90s and early 2000s. At least not anytime soon. Deja Vu was just one part of the story, but it really is from an era that has shaped the part that Magic Mountain is today. And how Magic, part of the story of how Magic Mountain remains the park with the most coasters in the entire world. Though let's be honest, Energylandia in Poland is catching up fast. Thank you all so much for um, listening to this final installment of Lost Coasters of California. I hope you've enjoyed exploring this small slice of California's coaster history. This episode coordinates with an article that I've written and is being released on thecoasterkings.com. Visit thecoasterkings.com for exclusive park updates, interesting articles, and a full range of coaster and park-related merchandise. For Coaster Kings Radio, I'm Ian O'Donnell. Thank you again so much for joining me for Lost Coasters of California. We're going to be taking a quick break from Minisodes for a little bit, but we'll be back with another format and more interesting information about the parks and roller coasters. In the meantime, I hope you continue to enjoy our full-length episodes that are being released weekly on Coaster Kings Radio, wherever you listen to podcasts.